When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. You can support this podcast at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is Susan Sanders of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Susan will receive a marathon decal showing she watched 26.2 hours of her favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at lawandorderpodcast.com. I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoie and Lonnie Diane Rich, and these are their stories. You think you know who did it, but you don't know who did it. Law and order, law and order, law and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedural, baby. Law and order, law and order, law and order, law and order. These are their stories, these are their stories. Welcome to These Are Their Stories, the podcast about Network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real-life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, and Original Recipe. Today we're looking at SVU Season 10, Episode 9, Mia Culpa. It was 12 years ago. I was drunk. Look, but I know in my bones, in my heart, and in my soul, I didn't rape this woman. Joining me to do just that is true crime author and host of Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcasts, Rebecca Lavoie. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Kevin. I just have to tell you, I'm very disappointed that you did not bring me a ginger ale for this taping because that would be proof of our love. You're going to get some indigestion. <laughs> um, rounding out our panel is our special guest from Chipperish Media, our first three-time guest <gasps> who also has hit for the Law & Order cycle. Really? Criminal Intent SVU and Original Recipe, Lonnie Diane Rich. Hello, Lonnie. <laughs> Did she get something for that? Like some sort of present? Yeah, her next SVU is free. Okay, I like it. I like it. Well, thank you guys. Card. Thank you guys so much for having me. I did notice, however, that like the first episode that I did with you guys, we got in a fight with Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, yes. The second one I did for you guys was like the most racist episode ever. Sweet. And then this one, you got me for the absolute worst Me Too story I think that has ever happened. So Sorry. I'm yeah. feeling real good about it. No, I like I like that I end up with this. <laughs> we are not treating our friends well when, I, when you put it like that. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Lonnie, I'm happy to report, though, that Vincent D'Onofrio has forgiven you on Twitter and told his followers to lay off. Yes, he did. It was very sweet. He and I are BFFs now. It's <laughs> great. Can you do something for me, too, for him, please? Because <laughs> I think it's delayed to me. It, it was your fault. Lonnie got blamed. I, I threw poor Rebecca under the bus finally. I took the heat as long as I could. And then finally I was like, look, Rebecca said it. I didn't say it. But they all yelled at me again because I talked about him in a different show for talking about daredevils. So. Oh. oh, God. <laughs> Next oh. up, our review of Men in Black, in which he plays Edgar, it's oh, a giant oh, bug in a man it. suit. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I know, right? Oh, Jesus Christ, PJ. Uh, you have a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast called Still Pretty. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you would not think that there is a connection between Buffy 
and Special Victims Unit, but there's a lot of crossover in fan fiction. Really? Oh, yes. really? Shut the front door. Did either of you know that? I did not, but I'm fascinated. Okay, let me tell you, give you some of the highlights. Okay. All right. There is one where Faith and Benson have a torrid love affair. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> Are you okay? I can get a pee. That's good. Right. That's really uh, good. There's one where the Scoobies and SVU track down the same serial killer in Manhattan. Okay. Wow. And one in which it is revealed that Buffy's father is not Hank Summers, but John Munch. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's look at the first half of this episode, SVU Season 20, Episode 9, Mia Culpa. Just a reminder, we're going to be talking about fictional detectives investigating fictional sex crimes against fictional victims. But if you still find that especially heinous, maybe you should try one of our other episodes. Now while buying a hot dog, superstar <laughs> prosecutor Peter Stone is recognized by a beautiful woman who remembers him from his professional baseball days. They go out for drinks where he's spotted by another woman who accuses him of raping her back in the day. A few of us decided to go back to my hotel room. Things got a little crazy. I remember she and I were going at it pretty hot and heavy and then I woke up in my bed alone. Everyone was gone. You're telling me that you were drinking. You're acting crazy, all right? Are you sure this is all that happened? You're not lying to me. Don't lie to me, No, man. I'm not. Tell me the truth. I am telling you the truth. I'm not lying to you. And I might not remember everything, but I know I didn't rape anyone. Stone and Finn find an ex-ball player who'd been at that wild party. He likes those hot girls so much that he married one of them. Mm. That's how they find their way to Sarah Kent. She has a husband and a daughter now and doesn't want to think about what happened 12 years ago. Meantime, Amanda's douchey doctor boyfriend asks her to move in. Creasy isn't buying it because he don't know how to take care of you right. <laughs> <laughs> After a particularly rough rape trial, Stone goes to Benson to tell her about the accusation and asks her to investigate it. He knows he's innocent because he knows in his bones, in his soul, he would never rape anybody. <laughs> Benson brings in Sarah and her upset husband, Gary. Sarah remembers kissing Stone that night, blacking out and waking up naked next to him in the morning. Olivia and Finn go to Stone's office to arrest their district attorney, who somehow has the audacity to be upset they're arresting him for the case he asked him to investigate. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's what we need to know. Okay. It's clear that once a girl on the street recognizes Stone, he's going to drop everything to go fuck her. You pitched for the Cubs. I did. I grew up in Chicago. My dad took me to every game. It's a lot of baseball games. Thank you. I can't believe it. I have to call my dad. Any chance I could buy you a drink? Yeah, yeah. Here you go, Dad. Thanks. Yeah, like two seconds before, Carisi asked him out on a date, and he was like, no, man. I'm trying to slow down. I can't have one beer. And next thing you know, he's swilling back martinis with a complete stranger because she claims she has daddy issues, and he, like, totally wants to get into that. That's disgusting. Yeah, Lonnie, nothing gets a man hornier than hearing, I remember you from when I was a little girl. <laughs> no, it's it's a little it's a little weird. And also we have like so many of these things that are overlapping because we've got the 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 he said she said rape case which of course goes to trial because 
we believe women like that's what everybody does right <laughs> even though by the way the police are still investigating it we're also with the trial at the same time a little you bit know, weird why not look look you got to move these things through the system sometimes yeah, you got to do that little little multitasking going on there it's the christmas season it's our busy time we got to exactly. get these things out yeah exactly let's just process those chocolates lucy and ethel let's just move them on through um but the whole thing so we've got like this coincidence of that situation right going on and then he meets a you know a baseball groupie who remembers him you know and then is at a bar with this girl and then another woman who he raped you know all these years ago whatever just happens to bump into him out there who was also a groupie so we have all of these like harmonic it's the harmonic convergence of Mm. svu world and it is all so insane with all of the coincidence i can feel that coincidence machine just revving up in the background (laughs) like working overtime it's kind of insane what little detail is he's at the hot dog cart yes and she says you want to go for a drink and she hand, he hands the hot dog back, back to, to the, the guy. guy. I know. He's what, like, the... what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> Eat it? I work at a hot dog cart all day. And I want your thing covered with everything. He's about to smash, all right? You don't want Nathan's yeah. in there when He's you're like, about to get busy. That's not good. He's like, I'm giving you my hot dog so I can give her my sausage. Right. Oh, Is that how it goes? I mean, let's just be real. All of the behavior we see from him in this episode prior to him saying he knows he would never do anything disgusting like none of the behavior we see actually proves he would never do anything disgusting. Right. Waking up blackout drunk on Finn's couch. How drunk do you have to be to wake up on Finn's couch? Okay, so he's obviously never seen Finn's apartment before because he says, nice place. <laughs> so how the fuck did he know where it was and how did he end up there? It's a very, very big plot hole. It's, it's a tough Uber to, to get. <laughs> exactly. punch that one in. Well, I guess Uber just drops everybody off at Finn's place. So like the Uber guy, I guess, knows. But I mean, Peter Stone clearly has a drinking problem and has for quite some time and is obviously still engaging in that behavior now. So this idea that he's like, yeah, you know, I black out on the regular, but I know I didn't do that. (laughs) In my bones. In In my my bones. bones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My my bones would be cranky the next day if I was a sexual offender. My bones would definitely (laughs) tell me something. Now, of course, Stone does what every guy would do when confronted by a rape accusation, goes to his cop friends and say, check this out. (laughs) Well, first he goes to one and says, do your own secret investigation without telling your boss. Uh And then he goes to the other one, who's the boss, and says, now do your investigation and I'm telling you. Like, what was the whole point of the earlier secret investigation? It played no, it didn't play into it at all. I thought maybe Finn would get in trouble with Liv. Nothing happened as a result of that. Like, why have that whole layer? It's like they just needed to fill an extra three minutes. I don't know, Lonnie. As the script editor, what would you say? Oh, my God. I would be drinking like Peter Stone if somebody gave me this script. This is such a mess. The narrative lines are all over the place. And then, of course, there's this whole thing where he's like, I want you to investigate, right? You know, know, a truly innocent person would say, yeah, go ahead and investigate because I know I'm innocent. But somebody who is in this situation, who is a DA, who does all this stuff, whose friends are the cops, like, he's not going to ask for an investigation. He doesn't honestly want people to find out the answer. So this investigation first off takes Finn to Sarah's home in Bushwick. Right. And she's trying to play it cool. And there's <laughs> yes. a knock at the door. Oh my God. I'm Detective Tutuola, NYPD. Do you know a Peter Stone? Sarah, who is it? Uh, Je- Jehovah's Witness. Honey, who's there? And she's like, <laughs> just Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> Which, by the way... <laughs> 
the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, if they were real, would have heard her say. Yeah. So that is a stupid, bitchy thing to say right in front of the Jehovah's Witnesses. You think exactly. he went back to the table? He's like, weren't you rude to those Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> well, no, because after she said, it's just Jehovah's Witnesses, she then stops to talk for a while. Yeah. <laughs> like both being both rude and polite at the same time. And Gary's like, you were out there a while. Were you saved? I'm really sorry I kept calling you just Jehovah's Witnesses, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what was the other thing she was supposed I, to say? But I hear you're Nobody available. important. Nobody important. <laughs> the Jehovah's Witnesses would still be like, what the hell? I'm still here. Listen, I know you guys don't celebrate Easter. Can you come clean up after the brunch we're having that day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a Hey, It's That Girl. Mm. Hey, It's That Girl. So who is playing Sarah Kent, the victim here? Anyone spot her? I must have passed out because I, I, I woke up and I was naked. And I, I knew that I had had sex and Peter was on the bed. And I didn't say yes. Oh, I don't know. Me neither. That's Alexandria Breckenridge. She played Sophie, Kevin's ex-wife, on This Is Us. Oh, I don't watch This Is Us. Oh, <laughs> I did. I, I Well, no, I recognized her. I watched This Is Us. And I did kind of recognize her, but I didn't make the connection. Yeah, that's why it's a, hey, it's that girl. <laughs> hey, it's um, that girl. I got a, hey, it's that guy, though. Do you, I, did you guys I notice? I do, too. Yeah. A good well, one. Let me play the music. Hey, it's that guy. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I know who, I think I know who you guys want to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. Reggie, the ex-ball yes. player. Yes. <laughs> who is that? Austin Peck, who played Austin Reed on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> that's right. Oh, look who they he was one of those actors yes. who had to be given the same character name yes. as his real name because <laughs> he would forget i like to think so only because mm-hmm. and now keep in mind i actually uh know the actress ali sweeney who plays sammy brady who worked yes. acted with him forever mm-hmm. so if you're listening to this ali i'm sorry that i'm going to talk back to talk smack about your friend but <laughs> The name Austin as a dude's name is pretty unusual. Yeah, baby. (laughs) So I always thought it must be that the character was supposed to be like Tommy Reed. And then this dude Austin auditioned. They're like, he's got a great body. Let's hire him. And just to be safe, let's change the character's name to Austin. Which, by the way, they did with Tony Danza on Who's the Boss. They made him him Tony so he would respond when people (laughs) called him Tony. (laughs) You know what? There are dog actors that manage to respond to the name of the character dog. And yet, I mean, I kind of got that sense that like, you know, Austin Reed, Austin Peck, Mm -hmm. that there was something you know, uh, there was there was a reason why it ha- he had the same name, but it's one of these things. And as soon as I saw him, you know, and he has that like, and I'm sorry, Allie, if you're listening, I'm a huge fan <laughs> of yours. I have loved you forever. I, I love, love how he's assuming Austin himself isn't listening. <laughs> I hope to God not, because <laughs> let's just pretend that he doesn't know how to download podcasts. And I don't say know, what I, we're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he just and I'm I'm so sorry to say this because it's so mean. But you know, but I've I haven't had an internet feud in a while with a celebrity, so this will be fun. Uh, it's just he just has that kind of like dumb happy dog look like he's derpy. so pretty yeah. he is a little derpy you know and as soon as he starts smiling and then you know like he's he's just so clearly the guy you know who yeah. does yeah. the thing the totally because he stands out yeah. he totally stands out and keep in mind his character for many many years and days of our lives just kept getting duped over and over and over again by <laughs> Sammy <laughs> say, evil Sammy Brady oh my god oh my god can I reel this back to Law nope, and Order you cannot. no I cannot you cannot okay. 
this is, he, this is the first episode of me and Rebecca doing our Days of Our Lives podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sands to the horror glass. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Where we get really drunk and we talk about 1980s episodes. Of <laughs> Another hey, it's that guy. Can you name the actor who plays Rollins' baby daddy, Dr. Al Pollock? Oh, yeah. That's George Newbern of uh, Father of the Bride fame. Who I like to call Discount Paul Rudd. Amanda <laughs> <Right? laughs> Rollins, will you? Go ahead. It's a key. Will you move in with me? <laughs> so George, George Newbern also played Charlie on Scandal. Mm-hmm. For those who uh, followed uh, that one, you gladiators. Also, this is interesting. For the past 20 years, he has been the voice of Superman in the Justice League cartoon series. Well, good oh. for him. Yeah. <laughs> Just, he, he strikes you more as Clark Kent, not Superman? He strikes me more as Discount Paul Rudd. Let's be real. Um. <laughs> He's the guy, honestly, every time I would see him when our stepdaughter, my stepdaughter would be watching a scandal, I'd be like, is that Andrew McCarthy or D.B. Sweeney? It doesn't look so great. Like, who is that? Some some guy. I know it's not Paul Rudd, uh, but he's pasty like Paul Rudd. Who's that guy? Did D.B. Sweeney let himself go? (laughs) He's a classic, classic. Hey, it's that guy. I've got one more. Does anyone recognize... Officer Eddie Montero, the know-it-all cop. Lieutenant, some guy's got ADA stone in there. The customer said he was yelling about somebody raping his wife. Um, I do, only because I don't think this is his first time being in one of these shows, right? No, this is like his fourth or fifth appearance. I, I, I think his, I don't know his first name, but I know his last name very conspicuously is Hargitay. This is <laughs> actor Eddie Hargitay. His name is Eddie in real life, too? Yeah, wow. so he'll respond to his name. He's Mariska's cousin. I remember seeing him in the credits in other episodes and being like, nepotism. <laughs> well, she got her husband the job, so yes. she may as well, yeah. Yes. Get her cousin the job. Fun for the whole family with SVU. <laughs> I want to get your impressions of this. these scenes where the squad is talking about their own feelings about their friend Stone being accused of being a rapist. She definitely believes he did something. Of course she does, but he's our friend, and he said that it absolutely did not happen. No chance. We all realize that this sucks. Yeah, you know, you know what sucks, Wellens? This is what sucks. A busload of nuns could say that Peter Stone was in Albuquerque at the time of this rape. And still, somewhere in the back of my mind, every time I see him, I'm going to wonder. Did he? That's what sucks. This is the problematic part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Really. There is this problem that obviously has come to light a lot in the last couple of years, but it's something that, you know, women, we've kind of been aware of forever, where when dudes do bad things, there's an entire dialogue around them of, but he's a good guy, but he's my friend. But how do we feel about the fact that he's my friend? But like, he's my friend. Like, he wouldn't have done something like that. There's this weird line around like, uh, my guy can't have ever done anything bad ever because Mm -hmm. my guy just wouldn't do that. And this show should fucking know better than to have that kind of dialogue. And the whole thing where Carisi, I think they try to couch it where he just says that dumb thing where he's like, even if a bus full of nuns say that uh, he was in Guatemala when this happened. It was like, Albuquerque. Yeah, Albuquerque. I, I still would have to look at him every time and think, oh, well, maybe he did it. Boo who? Boo fucking who? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. To, and they're all like, man, that sucks. That sucks. For us. I'm so sorry that our successful ex-baseball playing district attorney be... friend has been accused of a crime, but let's just stand around and talk about how awesome he is. It's going to be so right. awkward at the at the 
water fountain. Uh, well, aside from kind of like what they're saying, it seems to me like these scenes are dropped in as saying, we need to have our public service announcement part of this episode now and very conspicuously talk about what's going on in the national dialogue. I mean, it felt like they were, you know, watching all of the things that have been happening, you know, like out there in the in the pop culture. Um and they were like, well, okay, what are we going to do this week? Well, let's do something about this. But the thing is, is that this is a very, very complicated topic. Mm-hmm. And we are very much telling this story from the point of view of the men. Right. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. this is Peter's story about how he gets falsely accused, you know, and and then we take away the part where she's lying for whatever reason people want to convince themselves that women lie about this stuff all the time, which is nonsense, you know. Um, so we take that out. But she's, you know, I mean, at the end, mistaken. And the big tragedy here is that um, is that here we have a good man whose reputation, you know, was threatened by this woman who who at least wasn't, you know, viciously lying, but had made a mistake. Right. right. So it's this whole thing where where in the end, the big tragedy is, oh, wow, you know, this this horrible thing happened to him where he like was almost accused of rape during one of his many, many, many blackouts. You know? <laughs> yes. And um, and the real thing is, is that this woman regardless of you know of like what actually like was actually raped right and that is not what we're focusing on at all so once again men are telling the story from a male perspective without having any kind of you know consideration for what this does to women and we're using gendered language here when i say men and women i'm talking about how like the majority of these shake out gender wise but i mean these things also happen there are men who are victimized in the same way so it's really about perpetrator and victim but when the perpetrator is a man that's when we have a problem with it last season we saw carisi going in for a kiss on rollins kind of whoops didn't happen (laughs) now she's carrying the baby of dr awkward love and <laughs> and Carisi has all these opinions about her uterus. That's right. No, Rollins, I'm just saying that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be taken care of. And Al takes care of me. No, he doesn't. Look, there is a difference between flowers and fancy ass thinners you know and being taken People care of. People can change. I'll believe that when I see Okay. You. I'm going to get you ginger ale, right? That steak's going to give you indigestion. Uh, she shouldn't eat this. She should eat that. She should have a ginger ale. She shouldn't move in with this guy who broke her heart. Come on, Lonnie, defend Carisi. He's she just trying to take care of her right, getting right? married. Oh she should be with someone God. who's going to take care of her. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I don't know anything about anything because I don't watch this show except when you guys make me. So <laughs> I'm going to say that from my perspective of having seen this for just like a few minutes, first of all, Dr. What's-It with the box that has a key in it. No, isn't this cute? Because you're going to think it's a ring but it's actually a key (laughs) and she is completely like I don't even I'm pregnant I just want somebody to like take care of me and he's like somebody should take care of you and then they have him getting the ginger ale for her because it shows that he's the one who's actually taking care of her instead of this like stupid doctor guy and I think that Rollins just needs to go somewhere where there are no men because her (laughs) taste in men is freaking awful I mean my god and where did he go for the ginger ale he just walked out of the kitchen the soda machine was right there yeah. It was literally no. right there. He had to get a special kind. Yeah. Canada Dry isn't good enough for you, Amanda. <laughs> I gotta go get Schweppes, which you can only get at the bodega three blocks away. Yes. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. 
Oh, honey, who's gonna wanna buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a Remax agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. Remax is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. All right, now let's take a look at the second half of this episode. Of all the gin joints in all the world, Peter Stone happens to be at the one where Sarah's husband, Gary, is also drinking in the middle of the day. But enough talking man to man. Let's take Stone hostage. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody out. Everybody out. Go. Get out, man. Come on. Me and the guy who raped my wife, we're going to have a little heart to heart. Just a couple of guys with one thing in common, huh? So what is it with guys like you? Do you just, you just see us, you take it? I may be a dick, but I'm not a rapist. So the SWAT team surrounds the bar and will likely screw this up, killing everyone inside. <laughs> but, thank God, Olivia Benson shows up to say, no, this hostage situation needs to be handled by the sex crimes unit. That's right. <laughs> I Get, contoured. I'm ready for this, guys. I'm ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> Gary gives himself up to be with his family. And so, of course, he's probably going to go to jail, but he doesn't. The detectives notice that Sarah's daughter, Emma, was born eight and a half months after the night in question. No. So Olivia goes back to ex-ball player Reggie and asks him to lie about the night to help Stone's case. When he agrees, damn, you fooled me. She arrests him. <laughs> According to the DNA, Emma's dad is Reggie. So Stone is off the hook, but he confides and live that even he was beginning to doubt his own innocence. Huh. But did he ever figure out what a Japanese toilet is? Because no. that was the big mystery of this yeah, episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who thought when Gary appeared next to Stone in a bar that things were going to turn out okay? <laughs> Well, Gary is clearly a psychopath. So, I mean, Sarah has got a lot of problems going on here. Um, but the idea that he's just going to pull out a gun in the middle of this, because we, we've got all of these like mass shooting things that are happening also in the culture, which need addressing. And so we have this guy pulling out a gun in this, um, you know, in this public space, which is a very triggering event, you know, for mm -hmm. us, like nationally, we are really so. So the idea Can like we put one more trauma right. on America That's in right. a single episode. Right. This is the most traumatizing episode of SVU, which says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some problems with the scripting of this scene mm -hmm. yes um so stone realizes that that's gary there mm -hmm. and uh the first thing he says is gary for what it's worth i, I didn't know i didn't know sarah was married <laughs> the second thing he says is i didn't do anything to your wife i didn't do anything to your <laughs> wife raper I'm like, I think you buried the lead here, friend, because the first sentence kind of implies that something maybe did happen. And then Gary says, because it's like, that's that's obviously the thing you're most worried right. about. I she didn't know she affair. was married. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the third thing that happens is Gary says, least she can do is have a drink with me. And Stone's like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> against my better judgment and all my legal training, I'll stay and oh, finish Stone's this drink. Oh, Stone's never turned down a drink. What are Apparently you talking not. about? Yeah. I've watched one episode of this thing, and I can tell that. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was presumptuous for Gary to think that Stone would 
in the middle of the day in his uh, very nice suit just walk out and go to a bar and that's where he would find him. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess not. No. Of course, apparently there's only one bar in Manhattan where you would find Stone. So like, yes. we'll just go there. There's also only one bar in Manhattan with a bartender that's actually vigilant and listens to the conversations that are happening in, yes. at the bar. <laughs> hey, fella. At every other bar in Manhattan, you can be standing there for an hour just with your hand up waiting for a stupid <laughs> beer. And this bartender is like, hey, calm down, calm down. He wasn't even talking that loud. He was just yeah. quietly accusing yeah. Stone of rape. <laughs> Well, and I also like Stone's I didn't know she was married, which is like this whole apology, not for raping this woman, not for getting blackout drunk, not for any of those things, but because she belonged to you. That's the problem. (laughs) Because you peed on her and marked her as yours. And I didn't realize it. My bad, dude. Let me buy you a beer. You know, I mean, God. That must be the man. Let's settle this like men. Because there aren't any other man couples in this episode. Yeah. Uh, New York is a big place. Why is Gary's wife and daughter just around the corner from this hostage situation in the middle of a school day? They live in Bushwick. <laughs> don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Also, okay, can we talk about Benson pulling in this woman and this child yes. and putting the child on the phone with the man who she believes to be her father? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> And making her talk to him in the middle of this, like, that kid is going to be traumatized for a good long time because of that. I think that there are certain ages at which you need to protect the children, you know, and, like, not bring them onto a scene where a SWAT team at any moment could blow her father's brains out right in front of her. That whole thing was ridiculous. It was ridiculous, as was whoever wrote the piece of dialogue for the daughter saying, And Eddie would never hurt anybody. As he stands inside a bar holding a gun to somebody's head. Yeah. Exactly. She knows in her bones, (laughs) in her heart, and her soul that her father would never hurt anybody. Hey, little lady, evidence to the contrary. Evidence Mm -hmm. to the contrary. Yeah. I will say the child's parentage is a pretty convenient plot device. You think? Because there's only one way to solve this. He said, she said. It sort of reminds me. It sort of reminds me how in like ninety eight percent of TV shows that deal with unwanted pregnancy, where they're like talking about abortion, there's almost always a miscarriage, because Mm -hmm. like it's a convenient device to not have to actually grapple with the truth or with the actual complicated consequences of Mm -hmm. somebody actually doing a thing that millions of people do all the time. Uh And like the parentage thing is like a way to say for sure. It wasn't Stone, so that we as viewers then don't see him as maybe PJ or Squee down the line. Yeah, right. Now, shouldn't this daughter have been named Deus Ex Machia? (laughs) (laughs) Deus Ex Emily, right? (laughs) God in the Machine said, you know what would be a really great twist? Boom, you also get pregnant. That's right. Later. That's right. <laughs> this will come in handy later. Oh, it'll come in handy later when I'm trying to entrap you into. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this, yeah, this weird kind of confront, not confrontation. This this meeting with Olivia Benson. Attempted entrapment meeting. You mean? You want me to commit perjury? Come on, I know that you guys cover for each other, right? All those road trips with the wife and the girlfriend. Don't know. I mean, all you would have to do is to say that you heard Sarah consent before you left the hotel room. Well, yeah, she starts off by like, come on, let's uh, let's lie. How about you lie? And uh, when he does lie, she's like, hmm. And I'm thinking, that's entrapment, that's unconstitutional. <laughs> Why would you even do it? What, to what purpose? Couldn't you just go in and say, you know, 
I think the DNA is going to show that you're the father. Why do you get to go through right. this whole charade of like, come on, just lie for the guy? Because she contoured, and we need to see it because for a little she bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> I have a legal question. I'm a lawyer. Go ahead. Okay, mm-hmm. so Gary goes into a bar in the middle of a day with a gun, mm-hmm. pulls it out, and waves it around. There's lots of people in the bar, including that very attentive bartender. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The situation ends with him walking out. Turns out the gun wasn't loaded, mm-hmm. and Stone doesn't want to press charges, so the whole thing is good, right? Yeah. But isn't that actually just a crime? Like, Stone doesn't have to pr- press charges for that. Like, isn't it just a crime to walk in with a weapon and right. threaten a bunch of people? The SWAT team had to be called. I think when, when SWAT comes out, pretty much the dude is going to jail and <laughs> yeah. there are going to be consequences, <laughs> right? Also, the newspapers where a reporter would say, well, why did this guy want to take this DA hostage? Oh? And the arrest of a DA in a sexual assault somehow never makes the news? Somehow, like, no one yeah. finds out about that? No. But you mean the DA who was also once a Major League Baseball right. player? Right. Exactly. <laughs> rape cases yeah that is a hell of a story <laughs> it is i would love that story it is the post would love oh, yeah. it what it would, would the headline be i don't know da goes to bat, <laughs> to bat. <laughs> i don't know oh, da strikes God. out swing and a miss <laughs> <laughs> oh, pop-up oh, God. <laughs> God. you know not for nothing but just because reggie is the father it doesn't automatically mean that stone didn't rape sarah <laughs> that's true i right. mean when you think about it that's really a good point. That's a good. He was the last one with her. But that's not the only giant plot hole in this episode. Oh no! There's a huge one, which I just—it's so strange to me because don't you remember at the beginning of the episode, Sarah says she went with her friend to go hang out with these baseball players, mm-hmm. and then Austin says, "I married the friend." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So at some point, or maybe this whole time, Sarah knows Austin. Like, yeah, she's friends with him. He ostensibly knows that she was there in that hotel room because he met his wife there. And Mm -hmm. she's worried about reporting this rape because that's how her husband will find out that she had a fun night out with some baseball players. She's not worried about her best friend mentioning, oh, hey, that time that me and Austin here met you in this hotel room with these baseball players. (laughs) Yeah. And then all all Reggie has to say is, I don't remember either. And we're right back where we started. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But I know in my bones. I know in my bones. I know in my bones. Right. If I were Stone, I'd be really mad at at Reggie. Because first of all, Reggie apparently broke up his no-hitter with a fucking bunt. Right. (laughs) Which is the cheapest way of breaking up a no-hitter. At least try to get a real hit. And then Uh he rapes somebody and lets him take the fall for it. Yep. He sucks as a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Austin. But he was willing to lie for him. So that says something, I guess. <laughs> Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. 
Let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did it. You think you know who did it. But you don't know who did it. You don't know who did it. Ripped from the Headlines. What's the real-life case? It's Brett Kavanaugh, for Christ's sake. Could it be any clearer? (laughs) What? Did you need PJ and Squee to make an appearance too? (laughs) Jesus Christ, I thought the Michael Jackson ones were too obvious. Read a newspaper once in a while. It's Kavanaugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty obvious. (laughs) That was good. Nice job, Cy. Nice job. Man, that is classic. Was was Cy like, how do I pronounce this name anyway? Kavanaugh. Everybody knows Kavanaugh. Um... All right, let's try to take away the confirmation politics sure. out of this and Supreme mm-hmm. Court and Democrat and Republican because it's a it's a a bigger meatier issue to talk about. I than think just that politics, we can even right? agree that the confirmation stuff isn't actually about politics, but uh, yeah. that's just me. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's put this aside. And of course, when we talk about uh, uh, men and women and rape, uh, Kevin always comes out looking bad. So, right. So, but let's have an honest conversation and just let me a little for a little bit. Be the devil's advocate and ask the questions. Oh, good luck okay. with that. All right? Because we can't have the conversation then if we don't do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. This seems to be a time of much self-reflection for men who are worried that what they thought was adolescent learning process about heavy petting may have actually been a crime. Mm. Is there some legitimacy to that or do men just have to get the fuck over themselves? Men just have to get the fuck over themselves. Right. Next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lana, you can have the next one. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if Rebecca takes them, my only answer is going to be, yeah, what she said. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> but, okay, Stone's character, it's like a lot of people, there's, there's this nexus between, I know in my bones I could never have done it, and then I wondered if I could. I, I mean, I think it's good that men are looking back through a new prism at what were my relationships like when I was younger was i disrespectful what didn't i do if it was also yeah you also sexually assaulted somebody that's a whole other fucking story but i think that i think that it's this is can be a good thing for men to embrace and think about the way they've treated women in the past and how they want to treat women in the future am i as good as peter stone are you drawing a silver lining yeah am i trying i guess maybe i am i'm sorry if i am yeah I think that this whole thing is is really, really complex. And I'm going to say, again, using gendered language, you know, women are not the only victims. But we do have what we have here is kind of this Venn diagram overlap of like the patriarchy and misogyny, which Mm -hmm. contribute to all of these things. Now, the thing is, for a very long time, men have been socialized with this boys will be boys kind of, oh, isn't it cute? If he likes you, he's pulling your hair. Like we're taught that from like the time that we're little that men who like us will abuse us, right? And we're supposed to, you know, think it's cute and we're supposed to, you know, and women are supposed to not want it. We've got this whole, of course, you know, annual argument about whether baby it's cold outside is predatory or a woman, you know, expressing her sexual freedom in the face of repression, whatever. You can read it both ways. That's a whole different discussion. But what I'm saying is the way that women are socialized to pretend like they don't want it, right? Right. And men are socialized to be um, aggressive and to look at it as a conquest. Um, And the fact that nobody was talking about consent until very, very recently. We 
have a problem with men and women both are responsible for their behavior. Um, but when societally you're given one message your whole life and you behave on that, it is understandable to me how some people would be feeling like I don't know where the lines are. And now we're having those discussions. And I think that that is really, really valuable. Where I have a problem is when um, people just knee jerk say, no, 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 I know in my bones, I would never do that kind of thing. I used to black out all the time. But I guarantee I was just passed out. I didn't do anything to anybody. I would never I would never I would never how can you ruin my reputation, you know. Um, And instead of saying, God, yeah, let me take a look at my behavior. And I am so sorry. Like if somebody would acknowledge you know, what happened from the perspective of the victim and say, I am so sorry that I did this. Had Brett Kavanaugh gone, I mean, I wouldn't have liked him no matter what, because dude is disgusting in in a million (laughs) other ways. Um, But if he had come in and said, I don't remember this night, I don't remember this experience. If I did that to you, I'm so sorry. And I am so sorry that that was your experience. I would never want you to have that. I wouldn't want my daughters to have that experience. Because of course, it's always about, I have daughters, I have a wife, right? So obviously, I would never do that. You can't just be a decent person. You have to have a daughter. show that, yeah. Because but I have a daughter and a wife. No, for yeah. it, like you're you're culturalized in a certain way to behave a certain way, and I, I understand that it doesn't make you not responsible for it, you know. But it means that like now you can look back on that behavior and say, God, I really got that wrong. I'm so sorry, and that is what we need people to do just to even start this conversation. But instead, we get this knee jerk. I would never do that while I was pounding beers with you yeah. know PJ and Squee and whatever, yeah. you know. It ends up being a barrier to the to a, a better discussion, right? It's always about the man it's always about the man and again you know victims can be anything but because this is about that that venn diagram of patriarchy and misogyny that's where we end up so even in this episode where they're trying to talk about this stuff it's still from the perspective of the freaking man and at the end we find out that peter stone never did it that he was absolutely right in his bones right um and that the big problem at the end of this episode is that here this woman who couldn't remember what happened to her and you know ended up almost ruining this man's life because she couldn't remember properly which guy had raped her, you know, that the real problem is Peter Stone's, you know, almost having to go to jail and almost having his life ruined by this silly woman who didn't know who had raped her. So we're still going back to a lot of those really patriarchal narratives about this woman who is either lying or just does not know what happened to her. She knows her experience. She knows what happened. You know, in Uh, the end, we have this whole thing that is she's ruining this guy's life she doesn't even know what happened and then we have another you know story going on the the case that peter is prosecuting where this woman also was drunk also doesn't remember what happened to her also is looking unreliable you know um where we we paint these women is just like they have no idea what happened to their lady parts but i know i didn't like it like it just we're not representing women well we're not representing men well and they are definitely definitely not addressing this issue well So one of the things that we have been talking about in the culture is getting an understanding that women often don't report because they won't be believed. They they think they will not be believed. And so that is like part of our understanding now. But is that is this just a moment and we're not going to sort of remember that truth? It's just going to, again, be, well, she doesn't remember what day it was. And, you know, this is so this is the core problem I have with this episode. 
Uh, because I do think they tried to do the we believe thing. They tried. I mean, yep. at least they tr- they gave it a half-ass try where Olivia said, it might not have been you, but something happened to her. We believe that she was raped. And they also, with the victim on the stand, said the same thing. The core problem with this episode is that the judge in that trial case and the prosecutor in that trial case, which was Stone, uh, it was easy to believe the woman because the guy was outwardly a prick. Like, he was outwardly, mm-hmm. right. like, a prick. Right. He was belligerent. He was, like, yelling at the judge. The judge didn't like him, so she, she sent him to remand. He had to go to jail and stuff. And Peter is outwardly, we're supposed to believe anyway, even though we've seen him in his private life and he's kind of a prick, but <laughs> outwardly we're supposed to believe he's friends with all these people, so he's a good there's a, there's guy. There's a good guy and a bad mm-hmm. guy. Right, yeah, right and he's yeah, a right. good guy. And the good guy, everyone just knows, and he knows, would never, mm-hmm. could never, had never, that, to me, is the giant flaw in this episode because uh, the the whole good guy narrative is why women don't report. Because if there's exactly. somebody who is perceived to be mm-hmm. a good guy, other people like him, my friends are friends with him. Even I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like famous people, judges, people for confirmation. I'm talking about like high school students. If like yeah. a popular boy... Uh, raped a girl. We've seen this in many yeah. other Law and Order episodes. Well, that's the thing. The for girl SVU, won't report because she doesn't want to be unpopular. Right. We're at season twenty, and a lot of these we've seen these particular themes and a lot of these narrative devices in other episodes. This one just seems so much more resonant than you know a season eight episode where Stabler and Benson are talking about. Well, who do you believe? What do you mean resonant? Mm-hmm. You mean like it was just immediately la- it just whiplash feel- reflecting what was in the news two weeks before? I don't think. <laughs> Well, yeah. Okay, there's that, but it just—I don't know. It just—it feels different to have that discussion and to to see that play out. It just—it yeah. it seems more real. Which sometimes, you know, SVU always about serious things. Whether it's a murder, whether you're—it's a, a you know being a victim of sexual assault. That's all very serious stuff that we use for entertainment. This time, it just didn't feel like entertainment. It felt. It felt. Yeah. It, I think it was just. It was disappointing. Yes. How does someone get the nickname Squee? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it probably has to do with a lot of drinking in high school, and I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. Well, that will do it for us. <laughs> Want to thank our very special guest, three-time very champion, special Whoa! guest, Lonnie Diane special. Rich. Lonnie, where can our listeners follow you online? You can find me on Twitter at Lottie Diane Rich, and you can also find my website, Chipperish Media, uh, chipperish.com. And Rebecca Lavoy, how can our listeners follow you? They can follow Lonnie Diane Rich, and they will ultimately find me because <laughs> I retweet, comment on, and stand up for her at every opportunity. Yes, you do. At baby. Reb Lavoy, because she is my girl. And you can track me on Twitter at Kevin P. Flynn. You can also tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was the great. Cy Freighter. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. To get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early, sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Fair Act use exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to Law & Order Podcast. Dot com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media. Partners in Crime Media. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. 
At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.